welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast, where we explore strategies and insights to supply chain operations and inventory planning. Join us as we talk to the brightest minds in the supply chain planning and operations space to bring you industry-leading knowledge. We'll uncover what's working in the retail space and explore solutions to common inventory challenges. And most importantly, we'll cover what the future of supply chain holds, a future that is in our very own hands. I'm your host, Divya Bade from Fuse Inventory, a female-founded inventory planning software powering the future of commerce. Hi, everyone. So today I want to talk to you about a word that's being used a lot these days, and that word is resiliency, specifically when it comes to supply chain. So if you're not familiar with this phrase, a resilient supply chain is one that's able to adapt quickly to changing times. A very relevant example is what we're seeing right now with the global pandemic. But it can also mean being prepared to pivot when other disruptions happen, like warehouse flooding or cargo ships catching on fire or finding bugs or gypsy moths in your inventory. I'm not making this up. These are all things we here at Fuse have experienced in our past lives. It's crazy. But having a resilient or agile supply chain can help you adjust quickly and effectively to these sort of unexpected issues. We want to help you build a resilient supply chain, and so we've compiled some advice on the best practices to help you mitigate these issues too. There are six main steps, so let's get into it. The first is a big one and super important, and that is to have vendor redundancy. So what does this mean? Essentially, you want to limit the reliance on a sole supplier. Being dependent on any singular vendor puts you at risk to absorb the challenges they face, such as factory shutdowns, overcapacity, regional delays, the list goes on. Having alternative options really helps ensure that you have backup options but also allows you to stay competitive with things such as costs and meeting production requirements like MOQs. You want to make sure that you spread manufacturing of all types of inventory, including finished goods, as well as components or raw materials. And if you're wondering how to get started, try to look at all the aspects of your production and track the origin of supply for your goods. And in doing so, you'll want to make sure you set up alternatives for each tier. You can also consider implementing a risk index to score your options. This sort of scoring can take into account production variables such as timing, quality, opportunity costs, as well as the impact to your current operational process. Another scoring method useful in allocating parts of your supply chain is a vendor score. And this is similar to a risk index, but it's on a vendor level. A vendor score can also include the general responsiveness and ease of communication from a supplier. You know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that they can be the right partner for you. So you want to look at both how they produce your goods and also how well they work with you. The second thing we want to do is foster strong vendor and partner relationships. So having a strong relationship with your vendors will really allow you to have flexibility in times of need. So that, you know, you can ask them to work with you on things like extended payment terms, shared risk scenarios, or in some cases, prioritizing certain goods or POs. 
Having this honest communication and being able to properly track production data will inform you of any excess capacity available, whether through your own production lines, even those dedicated to other companies. In some cases, there might be opportunities to utilize other components of a factory that you're not currently using. So having this open and honest relationship with your suppliers will hopefully allow that transparency to come through. If you do end up having excess capacity to utilize, you should carefully assess a couple of scenarios. One, you should take into account any impacts to operations or profitability and finance. So for example, if your factories are able to prioritize for you, but you know it comes at a cost, you should certainly quantify that cost um, to the benefit to get a cost-benefit ratio of these particular decisions. If you find yourself in the inverse situation, you have um, limited production capacity, you could do something similar and compare the opportunity costs associated with your assortment and prioritize production accordingly. Meaning if you have products that deliver more margin to you and sell at a higher velocity, you might want to prioritize stocking those over others. In times of adversity, you should look to minimize, eliminate, or defer any non-essential purchases in place. Alternatively, if you're in a healthy cash position, you can also request pre-booking of capacity in order to minimize future competitive risks when things normalize or even to lock in costs. Building strong relationships goes beyond your suppliers. If you find yourself in a shortage and have wholesale or retail partners, you might want to consider requesting a stock buyback. In some cases, this might even benefit the retailer if they find themselves uh, overstocked, shut down, or simply in the need of cash. You can even incentivize this opportunity by making commitments at a later time, such as reduced costs or special marketing or things of that nature. Again, in any situation, whether it's increasing your production capacity or decreasing or taking from a partner, Carefully calculate the opportunity costs associated with these strategies before you make your final decisions. The last tip I want to cover on today's episode is shortening lead times. The reason this one is so important is because lead times play a critical role in being able to meet demand. Every extra day is a day that you have to forego selling. Time is of the essence in general, but it's especially important when things are changing every day as they are right now. Improving lead times is really dependent on being able to accelerate wherever possible. This can be in manufacturing or in the transit of components or finished goods. It can also be done through excess capacity or utilizing cash resources. You can also consider remanufacturing goods that didn't fully make it down the supply chain. For example, if a supplier is holding onto goods that didn't pass quality control, you can assess the ramifications of putting these goods back in line for correction. And beyond manufacturing, lead times can be shortened through post-production time spent in transportation, customs, as well as duties. Of course, you want to calculate the costs associated with these various modes of transportation and compare them against the risks associated to see if they'd be worthwhile for you. So to recap, when it comes to building a resilient supply chain, you'll want to limit your reliance on a sole producer, build strong relationships, and work towards shortening your lead times and knowing the margin impacts associated with doing so. 
And the next episode will cover three more strategies to help you optimize your supply chain. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Fuse Inventory, an inventory planning solution for the digital age. Fuse centralizes inventory sales and procurement data to generate a predictive forecast and inventory replenishment plan to help brands scale their supply chain. If you'd like to learn more, please visit FuseInventory.com or follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Plan less and do more with Fuse Inventory.